Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know, this is really interesting. They, they... When they found this this platform, there was nothing else around it for miles. It wasn't in Babylon. It was in the plain of Dura, which is not in Babylon. But they found nothing around it. Why? Because remember, the king had the people all come and bow down and worship. There would have been thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and therefore they would need the space. So nothing's around this image. Nothing's around this platform. So Nebuchadnezzar, he makes the gold image and he makes a decree as you move on through the chapter. He makes a decree that when the music plays, everyone will fall down and worship the image. And if any refuse to worship the image, they will be cast into the fiery furnace. And then the three Hebrews. Now, I keep wanting to call them boys, but we have already made it clear that they are not boys. Okay, don't start with me. All right. Okay. so if I make the mistake of calling in them boys. Calm down, all right? We already got it. The three Hebrew fellas, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, that's their God-given name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down. And they were brought to the king. And he said, the king said to them, the king said, fellas, is what I'm hearing true? Do you refuse to worship my image And they said, true, O king, in verse 14. And he said, listen, I'll give you a second chance. When you hear the music from the Babylonian Philharmonic Orchestra, you need to bow. But if you refuse to assume the position, I will cast you into the burning furnace. Verse 15 says, and notice, look at it in your Bible. And then he goes on to boast and look at the obstinate pride And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Pick up in verse 16. If you're there, say amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if you choose to put us in the fire, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning furnace, from the fiery furnace, And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, circle that. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now stop right there. They said, King, if that's what you want to do, our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hands. Now I want you to notice something here. It says, but if not. But if not, understand, and we talked about this last week, they are not doubting God's ability. 
They are submitting to God's authority. This is important. They are not doubting God's ability, but they don't presume, presume upon God's will because they don't know God's will. No one knows God's will. We discover God's will as we obey God, but we don't know God's will. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You don't know God's will, and we're not to presume upon God's will. And they're not presuming upon God's will. It's almost like Job said in Job 13, 15. Job said what? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. They're kind of saying the same thing. King, if you put us in the fire, hey, God is able to deliver us. But if he chooses not to, if he chooses to allow us to burn in the fire, we will not submit to you, King. That's a pretty bold statement. And I love that statement. Why? Because these guys are saying, God, whatever you decide, we trust you. If you decide not to save us, we trust you. If you decide to save us, we trust you. This is overcoming faith. There's tons of books and CDs and tape series and all kinds of stuff out there about overcoming faith. And much of it is false teaching. Because when many people talk about overcoming faith, they're talking about you exercising your faith for what you can get from God. That's a whole other sermon. But these guys have true, real, overcoming faith. Overcoming faith knows God's ability and trusts God's decisions. That's overcoming faith. You got faith? You have overcoming faith, then you know God is able. I trust his ability, but I also trust his decisions. Overcoming faith is not just knowing what God can do, but it's learning to step back and let God do what he wants and acknowledge that it's right. Now that's overcoming faith. For you to say, I step back. God, do what you want, and whatever you do, God, I acknowledge that you are right. That's overcoming faith. That's what we see here. Real overcoming faith is trusting God no matter what happens. Real overcoming faith has faith in the Father, not faith in faith. Gosh, I keep wanting to preach this sermon. Not faith in faith. You don't want to put faith in your faith. You want to put faith in the father. You see, his father knows best. I know there was a TV series like that some time ago. Father does know best. Our heavenly father, he knows best. And so we're to trust him. And these guys believe it is better to die with conviction than to live with compromise. And although they did not know the verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, they certainly lived it. Is it on the screen? Why don't you read it with me? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love that verse. See, they didn't have this verse. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't have this verse, but they sure did live it. Don't be a conformer, be a transformer. I'm talking about the robots. We're to be a transformer, not a conformer. Don't conform to the things of this world. You know, it makes me think of one of my favorite all-time characters in history. His name is Polycarp. Polycarp. And Polycarp, he was one of the early church fathers, perhaps you know. And he was the bishop in the church at Smyrna in 156 A.D. And listen to this. Polycarp, talking about being, not being a conformer, being a transformer, having overcoming faith. Polycarp loved Jesus and the Roman government wanted to kill him. And they arrested him and they brought him in. And while taking him in, the Roman official said, listen to this, Polycarp, recant your position, deny Christ, bow once and your life will be spared. And so they walk him into an arena filled with people and they're mocking and they're laughing. And the pro council said to Polycarp, he said, Polycarp. He says, respect your years, old man, swear by Caesar, revile Christ, and I will release you. And then Polycarp said this famous statement, for 86 years I have served him, and he has never wronged me. How can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? And then Polycarp, and then the proconsul, they threatened to cast him in with the wild beast, but Polycarp answered, and he said, call them. I like Polycarp. When you're already dead, you can't kill me. See, the Bible says that we're to mortify the deeds of the flesh. We are to die to self and to live to God, live unto God. A- amen? Okay. So if you're already dead, you can't kill me. This is Polycarp. He's like, they're going to feed him to the wild beast? Call him. I don't care. He was already dead. You can't kill a man that's already dead. You can't kill a corpse. So then he said, he was then warned that he might be burned at the stake. And even that failed to move him. He responded, listen to this. You threaten me with fire which burns for only a moment, but you are ignorant of the fire of eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. Unbelievable. And then actually... They, they set him, put him at the stake, set him on fire, and then they took a spear and stabbed him, and his blood came gushing out and put out the fire, and then he died. Interesting. Overcoming faith doesn't conform to the world. These guys, they had overcoming faith, and they refused to bow. Well, the only thing that was hotter than Nebuchadnezzar is the furnace. Look at verse 19, if you're there, say amen. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. 
And he commanded certain mighty men of valor. These are strong men who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. These men were bound in their coats. Now, he look at the description from the Holy Spirit. These men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God thing, God thing. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste, and he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, True, O king. Look, in verse 25, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt And the form of the fourth is like who, saints? The Son of God. This has got to be one of the best stories in the Bible. Kids love it. Big kids love it. It's a wonderful story. And so these guys, give me your attention. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. They love God. They, they served God. They trusted God. They were obedient to God. And what happens? They find themselves cast in the fiery furnace. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the disciples who obeyed Jesus. He said, get in the boat and go to the other side. And while they were going to the other side, remember, they find themselves in a storm. And remember I told you, that you can find yourself being obedient to God, doing everything that God has commanded you to do, and yet there still will be storms and trials and sufferings in your life because this is life. And because God loves you, God's got a plan for you. The trials and the sufferings and the temptations, they're all working together for good to grow you and to teach you and to answer those prayers that you pray, God, make me a godly man. Make me a godly woman. How often do we pray, God, I need you to do this in my life. But when God sends the fiery trials and the sufferings to bring about those things that you've been praying for, then you say, oh, God, I wasn't thinking about that. That's not quite what I meant. You see, so God knows. So you can find yourself in the midst of a storm or find yourself in the fiery furnace and yet You're being obedient to God and doing all the right spiritual things. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he realized they weren't going to bow. The Bible says literally, did you see that in verse 19? The image of his face changed. In other words, in Hebrew, he was having a conniption. The Hebrew language, you look it up. He was so mad, he could spit. He says, stoke up the fire seven times hotter, hotter. The fire is so hot, when they open the door, the fire consumes the guards. 
The boys are in the fire. They can't walk. They can't move. They're still in their clothes. And Nebuchadnezzar is thinking that's the end of those disrespectful Jews. And then he looks in and he sees the three men walking around fellowshipping. They probably toasted marshmallows, you know. And not only that, but then there's somebody else in the fire, a fourth image in the fire, and they're fellowshipping with him too. The Son of Man. Now that's Jesus. What we call this, in more Bible theology, they call it, this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, or it's called a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, a Christophany. This is the same one that appeared to Abraham in Genesis 18. This is the same one who walked with Enoch. And this is the same one who stood before Joshua as the commander of the Lord's army. Jesus is there in the fire with them. And then notice in verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace, and he spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come Come here. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they come from the midst of the fire. And the satraps and the administrators and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not even on them. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't I just see in verse 15, he was like, and who is the God that will deliver you from my hands? Oh, singing a new tune. Are we King Nebi? Oh, blessed be the God. You know, folks are fickle. Oh, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own. Therefore, I make a decree. This guy loves to make decrees. I decree anybody doesn't worship, we cut off their heads. I decree we make their house as he. I decree he loves to make decrees. Therefore, I decree, I make a decree that any people, nation, language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And all of God's people agree with that and said, Amen. Amen. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. King Nebuchadnezzar goes out. He goes to the mouth of the pit and he says, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High. Now, when you read the Bible, tone is everything. Tone is everything. Like when God was looking for Adam in the garden and he said, Adam, where are you? Your tone is everything. And I've heard people reading that text, Adam, where are you, you low-life sinner? I've heard it in that tone. But then also, Adam, where are you? I've heard it in that tone. So tone is everything. So here now, I think Nebuchadnezzar, 
sounded more like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the mighty Most High, come out. I think it sounded more like trembling in his voice. It's like, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, good buddy, come out and come here. You know what? If it were me in the fire, I'd have said, no, you come in here. Uh-huh. That is, oh, oh, I'd have had a good time with this one. I didn't say, oh, I'd have had a good time. And when they came out, did you notice this? Their clothes weren't burned. Their hair wasn't singed. They didn't even smell like smoke, which is better than coming out of the Waffle House at 2 in the morning. <laughs> say amen, saints. You know what I'm talking about now. You can't go in there and get a waffle and not come out smelling like smoke. Now, if you work at the Waffle House, you know I love you. I'm just trying to share. (laughs) And then in verse 28, look at it in your Bible. Nebuchadnezzar said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He makes a decree that if anyone spoke a word against their God, their house will be made an ash heap. You know, I cannot help but think of Isaiah 43, 2. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters... I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you, what saints, walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. See, they didn't know that verse either. But it happened and came true in their lives. Now, when you read the book of Daniel, stay with me. You read the book of Daniel. They're great stories. These are great stories for kids, great stories for families. These are awesome, awesome stories that, that you read in the book of Daniel. But, but, but every story in the book of Daniel has a practical application to our everyday lives and also has a prophetic application or a prophetic interpretation, you might want to say. So you can read every story and you can gain some practical wisdom, but also you want to try to draw out from, because remember I told you in the book, in the beginning of our study that Daniel is a book of prophecy. So you want to look for that which is prophetic. Now, prophetically, Daniel chapter three speaks of a time when the furnace of the tribulation will be heated seven times more. The time of the tribulation What is the time of the tribulation? Well, it's seven years of God's judgment on the earth toward a Christ-rejecting, sinful world. That's the tribulation. Now, you want to notice the parallels here. Nebuchadnezzar, this is fascinating. Nebuchadnezzar is a picture of who, saints? Who? Don't be shy. Very good. Well, well, y'all already know that. We could just go home now. Okay, good. Nebuchadnezzar is a picture of the Antichrist. Notice he commands the whole world to worship the image. In the tribulation, listen, the Antichrist makes an image, and he says everyone must worship the image, and if you refuse during the tribulation, you will burn or you will die. Now, remember, here's the interesting thing. Remember at first, Nebuchadnezzar's relationship to these Jewish boys at the time. Remember, they came into Babylon. 
And remember, he offered them to eat at the king's table and they refused. And then Daniel had a dream and Daniel interpreted the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar and these three Hebrew boys were in good relationship at that time. He said, you guys are great. I really like you guys. I want you near me. But then notice he turns on them and now he is not for them. He's against them and he's placed them in the fiery furnace. Do you know that the Antichrist, we have seven years of tribulation. Turn on your brains. We have seven years of tribulation For the first three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to make friends with Israel. And they're going to love him. He's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Because he has solved the Middle East crisis. What is that? The Temple Mount. All of what you see going on in Israel today and you hear in the news is, is is about the Temple Mount. It's about the Temple Mount. Who will occupy the Temple Mount? So the, the, the Antichrist is going to come, and he's going to solve that problem. For the first three and a half years, he's going to be smooth. He's going to be suave. He's going to be skilled and promise to help Israel rebuild their temple. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.